as the myth turns. Because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time. With your cultural interns, Eris. And Z. Interns, because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. Hey guys, welcome back! I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this is our third installment of our Basic Bitches Summer Reading List. Spellcasters! Yeah! Woo! Just like the last two episodes, we read a mess of books. Oh man, I read so many books this time. Shifters seem to really be yours. Like, yeah. your, your thing. I think Spellcasters was definitely mine. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I love, like, like, witch novels. Yes. So. Yeah. I'm uh, all about the magic. <laughs> I've so, read quite a few too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I read, slash reread, slash looked at the schmoop, spark notes, whatever, of A Great and Terrible Beauty by Leba Bray, which is part of the Dem- Gemma Doyle series. Um, How to Hang a Witch by Adriana Mather. Uh, Beautiful Creatures by Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll, which is part of the Beautiful Creatures series. Isn't that a show now? They're, they made one movie, yeah. It oh, had, movie, um, movie. Okay. It, what's her name, from Phantom of the Opera and Shameless. Oh, okay, What is okay. her name? I can't I'm, remember. No idea. I know exactly what you're talking about, though, but I know. Yeah, I, she's uh, very pretty. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children by Ransom Riggs, part of the Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children series. Yes. Which awesome. is also a movie. They made the first three into a single movie. Yes. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone by J.K. Rowling. Which Rowling. A- Rowling. Rowling. I, I remember it is pronounced Rowling. Rowling. Yes. From the Harry Potter series, obviously. Yeah. Also movies. I mean, duh. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Okay. Man, there's a um, lot of... Hollywood is just like, yeah, witches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. And then this next one is like my absolute favorite author. So there's like 90 different series and I'm going to go through five of them. <laughs> By Tamora Pierce. Ah. Uh, Song of the Lioness. Immortals slash Wild Magic. Protector of the Small. Daughter of the Lioness. Also called Trickster Series. And the Becca P- Cooper Pro... Provost's Dog series. Mm. Uh, and then we both read Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. Yes. Um, we've both read... Copper- Technically speaking, <clears throat> I did the abridged version. Right. Because I finished the book and I was like, wow, this was great. And then you were like, yeah, it's really boring. And I was like, well, how long was yours? And you're like, way longer than the thing I read. And I'm yeah. like, oh, well, that's... They, they cut out the boring parts. Yeah. All right, cool beans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Practical Magic is also a movie. But yes. the book is nothing like the movie. Um, also Similarities, Sandra- but they like they changed a lot. They, they condensed and edited out a lot of the stuff that happens in the books to yeah. make the movie fit in like the hour and a half. <laughs> right. Also, they made, they picked like the most interesting parts of the book. Yes, absolutely. To fit into the movie, which I mean, makes sense. They pretty but- much just stuck with like the family. Yeah. To keep consistent with that, that one theme. Like in- the book had that. Oh, wait, we're going to keep going. Right, right. Later. In, in, <laughs> in Practical Magic, the movie, Sandra Bullock in the 90s is my aesthetic like that's when i realized that i was very gay (laughs) yeah oh there was there was uh yeah watching that movie i was just like i want to be her i want to be with her i also want to be a witch (laughs) so i just all was like whoop okay there's the rest of my life right there little nine-year-old me was like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh like hey sandy if you hear this like i just want you to know i'm a witch now So we also both read Copper and Gold and Copper and Cobalt by Jessica D. Copeland. Yes. Um, who we happen to know in, in person. It's yes. a local author. Your local author. Those are newer books. I believe Copper and Gold was published last year. And then Copper yeah. and Cobalt was published earlier this year, just in March. Yes. Um, and then... 2019, in case you're like, 
re- listening to these as older files. <laughs> right, 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 right. 2019. All right. You read The Magicians by Lev Grossman, and we've both seen the show. Yes. At least the first season. Yeah, I'm all the way um, up through, um, like, halfway through season four. I also read the next one, because it's a trilogy, so we both read the first book. No, I read, like, the first two chapters That's, of it. Okay. Um, I read, I lent but, it to somebody. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got your copy back. Yeah. You Sorry. Know. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, I was the person they lent it to. <laughs> uh, I read The Magicians and uh, Magician King, which is the second book. Have not finished the trilogy out yet. There's a there's a third one called Magician's Land. Yeah. Um, and then you read Dead Witch Walking by Kim Harrison. Yes. Right? Yes. And I, um, so my person read the first book called Blood of Elves by, which I just found out his name is pronounced Andre Sapowski. Which I thought it was Andrzej, and for like two years that's how I've been pronouncing it. So I'm very sorry, Mr. Sapowski. Um, which is part of the Witcher series. Mm, okay. I haven't read the book because um, when I moved, I took it with me, and uh, the parcel service that I used lost it. Oh, that's right. Um, so I didn't actually ever actually get the chance to read it. But I've played Witcher Three: The Wild Hunt on. Uh, PS4 a whole lot. I love it very much. And the Witcher series, uh, Netflix series, is coming out this fall. I I think it's coming out in November, I believe. So I'm very excited for that. Hooray! So, and that's our very, very long, very extensive list of things that we're going to discuss today. Yeah. Now that we're like halfway done with the fucking episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So we'll go ahead and take the second uh, for you to read all of those. Yeah, so hurry back. Yeah. And you read them. Fantastic. (laughs) Hooray. Okay. So did you have a favorite from the list that you really feel like hit like a lot of very standard spellcaster tropes? Because I I, I kind of, I feel weird to call it my favorite. Right. Because as far as the spellcaster tropes, I feel like the magicians did pretty well. Yeah. Having said that, I have a lot of issues with the novel as a whole. Mm. Because it is very problematic. Yeah. But as far as when you when you when you distill just the tropes out of it and the stuff that that Love Grossman talks about how magic works and in, in in terms of like literature, yes, mm-hmm. there was some very good trope interplay there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that mm, Quentin is very problematic and the plot at times is very misogynistic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, like trigger which is warning... weird because witches tends to be very feminism based, right? Yeah. So a trigger warning for the book, and I believe it's the second book. Second book for but, sure has a lot of content and trigger warnings. Um, but for the first season of the Magicians, there is um a character that's sexually assaulted, and that is used extensively to influence her powers and her choices yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to get through I, I again i haven't read the books but i would the like show is reader is watcher beware yeah it is a very good show um a lot of sexual assault and like the aftermath thereof yeah um there's also a lot of like violent assault and like um uh dealing with um like loss of limbs mm. too later on the, we, we, they get pretty heavy into like this is what amputation. happens when, amputation or dealing with prostheses or stuff like or like just not having it anymore they mm-hmm. they gets a little bit later on where they they deal with stuff like that um so that's also a thing it's not necessarily one of my triggers but it's definitely a trigger for somebody yeah yeah i really like oh and animal cruelty well not yeah. not cruelty but like there's some there's some animals dying on stage <laughs> yeah um i really liked a great and terrible beauty by leva bray 
um, as far as like what would hit a lot of the tropes. I also just really liked the book in general. I mm. read it, okay. um, I think in like intermediate high school, mm. which would have been like ninth and 10th grade. The main character, you know, she hits like the, didn't know she had powers, find, yeah. finds out that she's very powerful when she does get her powers. Big Had the um, powerful... It's like um, the and Cinderella then, kind of yes, trope yeah. of the like the rags to riches, but when it comes to like powers, magic, yeah, right. Um, I had she, nothing, and now I have everything. <laughs> yeah, she also had like the unexpectedly powerful lineage. Yep. Like, turns out she's part of like this thing called the Order, and like her mother was a part of it, and it goes way, way back in okay. her in her history. Um, she also has like the mundane loyal sidekick, mm-hmm. more mundane, less loyal, but that is kind of a very common trope where yeah. like. You have like, like Ron the Weasley, yeah. Is kind of, I mean, the friend that grounds you, yeah. Like you know, usually, yeah, it tends to be like the witch and then the human friend, mm-hmm. um, like, like as in like don't doesn't like the Muggle friend doesn't do magic, but like it's it's the one the the earthy in terms of grounding or down to occasionally earth. the earthy in terms of vulgar, but yeah, yeah. the one that kind of keeps you grounded. Magic will rise you up so much you like almost don't see the ground anymore and then you've got the friend who yeah. keeps your feet planted. <laughs> um it also has that one character who gets a hold of magic or their powers or whatever and then just drowns in it. Um in yeah. this book literally like they they go to a different realm spoilers obviously. Yeah. Go to a different realm and um Pippa who is um, in her little her little circle friend uh-huh. literally gets frozen under a river of ice. Mm-hmm. And and then, wow, you know, Gemma nice. goes back to, to save her or whatever. And then, anyways, it's, it's, it's this whole thing. It's very good. I don't want to spoil too much of it. <laughs> but she, she literally, like, drowns in the magic. Yeah. I really like... Magicians has that entire... Uh, as, like, a concept. Like, the... If you do too much magic uh, in, a, in a singular moment or, like, try a spell that's, like, beyond your casting ability or something mm-hmm. like that um, where you're, like, literally handling too much energy. Yeah. It can take you over and you turn into a Niffin. Mm-hmm. And, and then you literally, it burns out all of your flesh and you become nothing but, like, the the core of yourself, like, the magician soul. You become nothing but magic. Yeah. And then you go nuts because you have nothing, you have no empathy. You yeah. have no, you, you, you just become a vessel for magic itself and you tend to be very mean. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you're like, I'm better than all you puny fleshy mortals. So I'll just destroy you all. Yeah. Whatever's. Yeah. Which I actually thought was really cool. It's like, like literally you, you drown or you burn it up like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um kind of a little bit similar of that in like Harry Potter as far as Voldemort gained too much power yeah. and needed to I don't uh, like didn't have like the humanness to balance it out. Yeah. Kind of and I know there's a lot of speculation about like how he was conceived under a love potion so that's why he didn't have any like real humanity to him. Yeah. But that's those are themes that I think get played with a lot yeah. in spellcasters like the power yeah. versus the self and in Shifters we saw that a little bit about like the calm versus the control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a very common theme a lot in mm-hmm. literature, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting it's the whole... different ways that it takes uh, takes form. Mm-hmm. In the, the Witcher, only certain, like, in order to become a Witcher, only certain people can pass through because you have to go through, like, the certain trials and that, like, involves potions and, man, I wish I had asked my person more about this because I really have only played the third one. No. But, um, <laughs> but it, it is, it's very exclusionary. Like not in, ju- not just anybody can do it, and I yeah. think that's very common too. I think a lot yes. about spellcasters. It's very picky is and specific. The cho- the spellcasters has the very big chosen one trope 
Like yeah. a lot, that's what you'll see. Yeah. I mean, even a little bit in Dead Witch Walking, Dead Witch Walking is a very classic urban fantasy where there's like the main character is a witch, mm-hmm. but then like her sidekick who then becomes like literally a full partner, like she makes him a full partner, is a pixie. Her roommate's a vampire. They deal with werewolves. Mm-hmm. There's elves and demons and stuff like that. She, like, they literally have. There's a university, a magic school. There are witches who have the ability to stir, to make magic, to make a spell. Mm-hmm. Then there's just warlocks who can make magic happen. They can buy a spell from a store and they can activate it to make it go off. Mm-hmm. But they can't necessarily stir themselves. Like they can't like make the magic happen. They can just activate it. So even there, there's this idea of like someone who has the knowledge and skill set to be fully integrated with magic and to be able to work it for themselves. And there's yeah. the people who can just touch it to kind of make it work, but they, they're they not, like, creationary. So, kind of, and I guess. And Rachel, who's super good at it. <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> kind of, sort of, like, uh, reading list-ish. Um, like, D&D. Because that comes with, like, all the manuals in the world. Yeah. But that does have a lot of examples of uh, the different ways that magic can manifest. Mm, yeah. Um, like wizards get it through study. Yes. Your cleric is going to get it through your god. Right. Uh, the druid is going to get it from the earth. Right. Warlocks give it from like their patron. So yes. that could be a god, but it could also be like a little devil or a fiend or something. Yeah. Or um, even a fairy, like a fairy, a fey pact. Yeah. Um, and then sorcerers get it through their ancestors. Yeah. And, it's like and blood, like through their blood. Bards get it. From like sick guitar skills, like I don't, like, I don't fucking, like fuck, like they touch into magic and shit, like they take a bunch of shrooms. I don't know, like who? No, no nobody no, knows. <laughs> it's the idea that magic is in itself kind of a song. Yeah, and since they're just like they have super sick guitar skills, they've learned the song right. of magic. Yeah, I, I like that you were mentioning that like wizards can trigger it in a certain way and stuff. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, in the Tamora Pierce Tortal universe, which is like that very long list of, uh, series that I had mentioned, there are like two different, maybe three different kinds of magic users. There's healers whose magic all is about like healing the body. Like they can mend broken bones and stuff like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's also like the gift, which is just kind of a generalized magic. Sometimes they can use it, like, as a weapon, and then sometimes they can use it kind of um, just, like, in everyday life, like, creating charms and stuff. Which kind of goes into the third one. Like, they kind of use it more as, like, hedgewitch magic. Gotcha. Hey, guys, this is Eris cutting in for our regularly scheduled commercial break. I would like to thank Pack Mule Photography for sponsoring this episode. They are a photography business based in Coweta, Oklahoma. And you've heard me talk about them at length at other times. They take really cool pictures. And they might even take your pictures for some money. So go visit them at packmulephotography.com. I'd also like to thank Mac Boyle, who produces this show and gives us very valuable advice. And also, for some reason, keeps letting us into his house. I don't understand. We record here, but I know what we're like, and I wouldn't let me into my house. Wait, I do let me into my house. Anyway, thank you, Mac, for letting me wreck your stuff <laughs> and record these episodes in your house when we are very loud and make a lot of messes and order a lot of pizza. I'd also like to thank our listeners. You guys are great. I love it when you send us comments. 
And this is me very loudly not begging for more comments um, because I love them a lot and I would like to respond more to your comments. Okay, yes, keep the, keep watching our auditory only episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean. All right, our fact of the day. So Harry Houdini, you probably have heard of him. He was the, the great escape artist. He was a very famous skeptic. He, he particularly had an issue with um, seances and mediums. Seances were this, this big thing. It was a fad among the rich. And they would go to grieving families and tell them very John Edward style, like, I can connect with your loved ones if you just gave me money. And they would perform these elaborate seances and Houdini was having none of it. But he allowed for the fact that it life after death could be possible in the, the ghostly terms. So he set up a very famous, famous now, basically a agreement with his wife. Whoever went first, they, they were going to have a secret message. They could do a seance. And on Halloween, they would give the secret message. And that's the way they would know that like ghostly spirits or some aspect of life after death exists. So he died on Halloween in, in 1926. Uh, his wife, Beatrice, offered $10,000 reward to anyone who could produce uh, the authentic message from Houdini, like the spirit of her husband. So since then, every Halloween, a lot of people come back to this. There was a famous hoax in uh, 1929 that apparently the secret message was some type of code that spelled out the word believe. But like I said, that was a hoax. And since then, no one has claimed that reward. We're going to put it that way. Maybe, maybe Houdini, his skepticism was right. And there is nothing. Or maybe he just hasn't come through yet. Or maybe he picked up the phone at the wrong time. Who knows? Or maybe seances are not the right way to dial that telephone. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. So the secret message, you might try holding a seance on Halloween. And maybe you'll get Houdini. Who knows? Back to the episode. All right. Let's talk about dead parents. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this common theme in, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Witchcraft novels? Sure. <laughs> uh, where there is a uh, quote unquote dead parents. A disconnect from parentage. Despite having a lineage, mm -hmm. it's flat out dead parents. Uh, dead witch walking. Her father died in a very like tragic, magical accident. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the mother has pulled away from her since then in her grief. Right. Sometimes the parents are uh, said to be dead, and then they come back in like a later sequel or something. I know in a uh, great and terrible beauty. Um, her mother actually does die. Her her father's still alive, but he becomes like a, a laudanum, I think is how you pronounce it. Laudanum, yeah. Laudanum, laudanum addict. Mm, yeah. um, but then when she goes in, she uses her magic to go into this other realm. Um, her mother is there, like, in spirit form. Um, so yeah. she can talk to her. Obviously, there are some, some discrepancies and stuff. Yeah. Um, in How to Hang a Witch, the main character, Sam, her father ends up in a coma. So in that extent, like, he's not dead dead, but dead to her during the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of a curse. Cut off from yeah. from them. In, in Harry Potter's obvious. Harry, Harry Potter's parents are, are dead, but yeah. then they come Magical back. Magical accident, in, yeah. Yeah, and then in the last book, they come back in kind of a spirit form yep. with the resurrection stone. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, even in um, uh, Copper and Gold and Copper and Cobalt, I mean, the, 
the whole series, Minnie's cut off from her family Mm -hmm. due to, yeah, a tragic magical accident of her making. Right. But, like, because of it, she's not allowed to contact her family. Like, she, she, she barely speaks to them. She can message them, but there, there's no, like, you don't have that familiar warmth anymore because you're, you're not at home. You're, you're cut off from them. Yeah. In Beautiful Creatures, it's said throughout that Lena's mother is dead. Um, or missing, or, you know, some kind of something happened to her. But in the end, it turns out that she was part of this long lineage of her family, like, curse, Mm -hmm. and she actually went evil. Yeah. Um, And so that's a very common thing, too, is, like, that the parent is not only, like, quote-unquote, supposedly dead, but either before or after their death, they are very powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, uh, Harry's mom is incredibly smart, and his dad was, like, really talented at Quidditch. Like... Not yeah. necessarily, like, super, super powerful, but, they but were... like, strong qualities. Yeah. Um, well, like... I got the idea that they, they were powerful witches and wizards in their own right, just I mean, in general. Maybe. Probably. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say below average. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of also leads into, like, like an unexpected lineage, I guess, of yeah. sorts. Like, Harry Potter finding out about his parents having powers and that they were right. skilled um I mean, practical magic i mean they definitely had a lineage but like yeah their parents died in i don't remember what plane crash car crash they, they were raised by their aunts yeah I and then think oh and then, was, and then sally's husband dies so her daughters you know have the whole like yeah dad kind of yeah yeah um but like their their magical lineage stretches back to like the first witch in America almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a huge, huge theme in How to Hang a Witch by Adriana Mather, who is actually descended from Cotton Mather, um, uh, of the Salem Witch Trials. And in the book, her character is Sam Mather, who is also descended. Uh-huh. She kind of uses her personal history to play on that. And then the sequel has to do with like a Titanic curse, as yeah. in the ti- Titanic, the boat. Neat. Um, so that kind of comes into play, too. Yeah. Um, a book that we haven't really talked about is Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, yeah. Um, which does have that unexpected lineage. In the beginning, the main character's grandfather dies. And kind of on his deathbed slash following by reading letters, he learns that his father had this ability to see these creatures that plague other magical spellcaster and beings. That hmm. one beautiful or not beautiful um miss peregrine's home for peculiar children's is almost uh like x-men like in that Mm. aspect like they see i got that hint from it from like i haven't read it but just like the back blurb of it i've seen before and i was just like this is like magical x-men yeah yeah it kind of is it's like wayward orphans with magic powers yeah like some of them just inexplicably can fly or yeah can breathe fire or some cover one of them has like a hole in their stomach or something yeah yeah yeah. that's definitely Mm -hmm. uh got that unexpected lineage trope in it Mm -hmm. i think we also kind of have the the person who's overcome by their powers as a really common trope well in harry potter that's absolutely voldemort who you know grew up predominantly muggle muggle raised like in a yeah. in an orphanage um and then similarly comes, to harry yeah comes to find out that he has this incredible power and it the hunger the thirst for that almost like mm-hmm. or not almost it does overtake him yeah in in a lot of uh like like witch like spellcaster novels um the the literary uh tool of the foil tends to happen a lot where you Mm -hmm. have like you there's a lot of compare and contrast like that's why we have um sally and 
Jillian and like Practical Magic. You actually have Harry and Voldemort mm-hmm. at times. And, and in beginning novels, it was Harry and Draco, mm-hmm. uh, where you had like Harry who could have had everything, but then didn't. His parents died, and then he was raised with Muggles. And then Draco, who's like has a magical lineage and family, and then was raised with them, mm-hmm. but they were both like you know in, in their own ways ignored by their parents and like not yeah. given the attention they needed, and so yeah. they both take it out on each other. Um, but then you get to Harry to Voldemort, where it turns out, yeah, you have it. You have that a lot where you have somebody, you're both handed the same-ish gift. One person handles it well and one handles, one person handles it poorly. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. In, in, in practical like you, magic, it's really interesting to see how Sally is the one who's incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. And Jilly, I mean, Jilly's not bad off, but she's not as good at it as Sally is. Right. But in their adult years... Um, Sally just shunts magic away because yeah. of the death of her first husband. Yes. And, you know, the death of her father. But Jilly, like, really is into it. And almost yeah. because of her thirst and hunger for it, lets it take her over. And she gets into a really bad situation mm-hmm. and um, ends up poisoning her husband to death. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. yeah. Way to go, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> keep, keep an eye out, Keith Urban. So, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, Dead Witch Walking, there isn't necessarily, like, it's not a very obvious foil. There's there's little ones throughout the books, or th- uh, throughout the, the first book, where she gets turned into a, to a mink, and she gets stuck there, and then she meets another person, Nick, who had been turned into a rat. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, little ones there, but ultimately, it's, the interplay is off of Rachel, who is very strong, headstrong. And reckless. Mm. And then there's Ivy, who's not another witch, but she's a vampire who's very strong, but careful. Mm-hmm. And and is almost too meticulous in her planning to the point where she doesn't act. And there's Rachel, who's almost super reckless and doesn't plan at all and then gets in trouble for it. And then they both, like, learn off of each other to, to become better at what they do right there's an idea it comes later in the books rachel then discovers like witches who who done fucked up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, like took too much power and stuff like that but yeah you see a lot of these foils of where they interplay off of each other and to help build the character a lot yeah. of it is partially like to show a message of like this is this is where the magicians has it but fails at it mm-hmm. because there is the foil of quentin versus julia Mm. And this is where the book falls apart, not necessarily the trope, Mm -hmm. because Quentin and Julia are both handed magic, Mm -hmm. sort of. Quentin is handed magic because he's asks, and then he does fuck all with it. Mm -hmm. He's just, he he learns how to do it, and he gets really powerful, but every time he asks, they hand him more, like, like they, the world hands him more, and then he just, like, decides... I want to be a hero. Oh, but being a hero means you have to lose things. So that sounds boring. I won't do that anymore. Mm. Julia realizes magic's a thing, asks for it, and is told no. Yeah. And then she's like, well, what do I have to do to get it? And they're like, you have to pass these fucking 12-year-long series of inane tests. Mm-hmm. And she passes each one. And she's like, I just want to learn magic. And they're like, too bad, so sad. You got boobs. Yeah. And then she is brutally raped. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, no longer has agency in the books and doesn't ever make a decision for herself because she yeah. can't. And yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> so that's where the book fails. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the same time, ha- like, has the trope there that just doesn't handle it well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to kind of to kind of backtrack a little bit, I think it's really interesting how in Shifters, 
it's all about like the found family. Yeah. Um, like for whatever reason, your your actual family doesn't work out, so you have to find and make this other one. Where mm-hmm. spellcasters seem to very much be about something has happened to your family, and now you have to make it on your own. Um, very strong family backgrounds, but handling it different. Yes. Um, which I think is why we see a lot of very similar tropes. You know, in Shifters, we talked about like the content outcast, whereas this one, I guess you could see that in a way, but it's only because of what they've had to endure and where they've had to come they've from. They've had to like learn contentment. Yeah. What with yeah. 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 Just to backtrack there's, a little bit. There's a lot of, I mean, like, yeah, like, like you said with Shifters, um, it's found family, but also like finding strength with other people. Yeah. In which, in like witchcraft and witch novels and stuff like that, it's um, finding the strength within yourself. Yeah. To be able, like, you might be able to work with others, but ultimately it's like Harry being strong by himself. Mm-hmm. Rachel being strong, using her resources well, mm-hmm. partly, but like finding the strength in herself to get out of these situations. In and practical uh, magic, it's the two of the sisters, but like learning that they themselves can handle them their own shit as right. opposed to like... In, that, one, that one's a lot about family, though, too. Yeah, that, that really, yeah it really um, is. In, in Tamora Pierce's Trickster series, the, the daughter of the first character of the first series that she mm. wrote is literally kidnapped by slave traders and taken to a whole other island where she doesn't have contact with her family. Mm-hmm. So that one is all about her coming to terms with her own personal strengths. Yeah. But at the same time, like, she uses those strengths to help other people. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that's a, a thing that we, you can see in Practical Magic, whereas, like, the sisters kind of have to decide and figure out their own personal strengths in order to help each other. Yeah. Or, like, Sally coming to terms with the fact that, yes, I'm a witch. And yeah. I can do magic. And I can do magic in a way that benefits everyone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to just be the thing that killed my husband. Right. <laughs> Even though it wasn't. It was, it was just... Magic tried to warn her, hey, this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. didn't take the warning well. That's that's interesting because uh, of that's a kind of a difference in how like one person has magic and then the other person, the the foil, as yeah. you were saying, is drowns in magic. It seems like there's something that grounds the good guy, which a lot of the times is, you know, our loyal sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we haven't oh, really talked about a whole hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in Harry Potter, obviously, it's Ron. In Practical Magic, I would say that the sisters are each other's loyal sidekicks, but yeah. also to an extent the aunts. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I mean, they have different ways to ground each other. Also, Practical Magic in itself as a book is a little bit closer to magical realism mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, what I would call, like, like a, a witchcraft genre novel. Right. In terms of, like, heavy emphasis on the craft mm-hmm. where like magic has like a certain rule and structure where magical realism is like magic is like a thing and it happens and like you can manipulate it sometimes and sometimes it you know as opposed to like this is how spells work this is how you make them this is how you get mm-hmm. work blah, blah blah harry potter like you have to say with these type of things you have to have a wand that you you know whatever you right know. specific words um, and dead witch potions yeah here's the literally a fucking recipe mm-hmm. that you have to follow very carefully actually similar to magicians here's a recipe right that like now granted it's more like finger motions but like you have to do this one then this one and then you say this and then you say that and mm-hmm. you bake at the oven for 450 degrees <laughs> for 20 minutes and you turn right. it over and baste it and now, you got, <laughs> and now you've got your automaton <laughs> right right um in in a great and terrible beauty it's just like the sense within her mm. that she can do this thing um that's kind of similar to the tortal universe 
Um, whenever they have magic, it's just kind of this sense within them. The exception being in the Wild Magic slash Immortals series, she's actually the child of a god. So she is a demigod, and she okay. doesn't learn that until, like, the last book, which kind of goes, I guess, into our unexpected parent lineage. Yeah. But that's that's the thing where it's, uh, she can just talk to animals. Mm-hmm. And so that's just the thing that she just kind of has. Just you us, know, very, yeah. a lot more magical realism in a high fantasy like settings so that's, that's a little that's, that's a little weird but yeah. it works out really really well miss peregrine's home for peculiar children i guess that one would be another one that's just kind of is it is what it is you know like it is just something that they have mm-hmm. yeah um, i think ultimately speaking almost all of these novels are all about learning that you yourself are powerful yeah and how to deal with your own shit yeah for sure mm-hmm. all right uh that is all the time we have for that one. Oh, oh my god we could go on for probably another two hours right that was, that was <laughs> a lot of fun we I had was <laughs> super excited for this episode yeah. yeah yeah i was too but we have one more to do before the summer's over mm-hmm. and that is fey right? yeah okay yeah. so what books are you reading for the fey i'm gonna try to read the Iron King by oh, Julie I'm... Kagawa. Me too. <laughs> um, which is lots of fun. I read them in high school. I'm going to try to reread the first one. And A Court of Thorn and Roses. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're um, just going to be reading all of each other's. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then I have a really funny story about playing Scrabble and using the word fey. Which doesn't really necessarily have to do with the lore. <laughs> but it's something that I need people to know because I felt right. Anyways, anyways. We're going to have to wait till the next time. Yeah. And then I'm, I was going to also read um, Beautiful and Treacherous Things mm-hmm. by I, Ruth Ludwig. Oh. No, I, I, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. I'll put it in the notes. I thought you were going to say Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I was like, she wrote a book? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I will put it in the notes. But it's like the uh, uh, Beautiful and Treacherous Things or Beautiful Treachery or mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. Um, it's a really pretty cover. I found it at the library. <laughs> yeah, I might get around to reading um, The Darkest Part of the Forest by Holly Black. Mm-hmm. But that one's a little bit more up in the air because I've already got three books that I'm reading. So we'll see. Right. Well, it ain't, and this is going to come out in two weeks. So, okay, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta, I have to get, I have to go to work and read. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like, 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 and subscribe to As the Myth Turns on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit us on patreon.com slash ATMT. Transcripts for this episode can be found at our WordPress site, asthemythturns.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin McLeod. You can find this song and all his others at incompetech.com. <laughs>